Micah Pittman is officially a Ute. What will he and some of the other recent Utah football commits bring to the 2023 Utah football team? We're talking about that and more on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're talking about some of the recent commitments to the Utah football team. Not the made headline guys, the Spencer Fonos, the Mikey Matthews of the world, but some of the under-the-radar guys who committed last month, but just with spring ball and everything going on, we didn't really get a chance to talk about. Also talking about what Utah lacrosse just did, but we have to start with the biggest news revolving the Utah football program, and it is officially that former four-star receiver, Micah Pittman, has officially committed to play for the team. When you're talking about Pittman, you're talking about a guy who's started his career at Oregon, spent three years with the Ducks, then last year with Florida State, last year being his most productive season. He had 32 receptions overall, 330 yards, averaged just over 10 yards a catch, had three touchdowns, two of those in one game against Wake Forest. His That was his best game he played against Wake Forest. He had 85 yards receding, a career high, five receptions, also a career high for him, or at least tied a career high for him. And then um, the 25 was his longest catch overall. So not an extreme like deep threat overall for his career. The other two years in Oregon, his longest reception was 66, 44 and 39 going back those few seasons. But overall, this is another guy that's going to strengthen the wide receiver room. Now it should be mentioned. And I apologize for failed to mentioning this when I talked about it on Friday's show, as some of you in the comments alerted me to is that he did have hip surgery in March for a torn labrum and Pittman is expected to be out for six months recovering from the surgery. So when would that put him back right in kind of that August to September to maybe if things aren't even going great, could be even have to wait to see him till October. So First of all, just let's we'll talk about if he has to miss time in a second, but let's talk about what Utah is getting here. Well, as we said, Utah is getting a guy, a former four star. He's got NFL bloodlines. His brother, Michael Pittman, is one of the best receivers on the Colts currently, probably a top 30 to 40 receiver in the NFL. His father is also a Super Bowl champion. So football is in this guy's veins. And you can see that when you turn on the tape, right? He's a good route runner. He's pretty good at making contested catches. He adjusted the ball well. He's just really good job coming back to the ball. That's one of the skills I think that's really going to aid him at Utah, is you, especially once cam gets on the field right when october november late when this team is really trying and hopefully starting to hit their stride because that's when the season gets really tough when you have that washington oregon usc and arizona all in like a arizona state that is all in a four-game stretch obviously arizona state is not like the other ones but still just in general those other three games are going to be brutal on this team and you're going to need explosive wideouts on the outside and i think micah Pittman has a chance to be that for this team but Let's say a play breaks down, pressure breaks in, Cam's forced out of the pocket, and you can already see Cam kind of communicating with Pittman downfield to like come back for the ball, and he does a good job that. He will naturally work back to the ball, and I think he's someone who can be there to help this Utah team move the chains on third and long because Cam can keep plays alive. We know that. It's the reason Utah was in this Rose Bowl game where I currently got the hat I'm wearing right now is because of his ability to keep plays alive. So time and time again, pressure would break into the pocket. 
Cam would have to tuck and run and just try to get something out of nothing. And I think there'll be times where Cam is going to be running around next season, just because the Pac-12 is still full of some good pass rushers. And look, you're going to get meat. You're not, you're going to get beat. You're not going to shut guys down completely. So I think it's an opportunity there where Cam's going to be working the outside and Pittman will do a good job coming back to the ball. I do think he does a good job tracking the ball. He's also an explosive returner. That's something if this Utah team wants more of a punch in the return game, that could be something they want to roll with Micah. Pittman with, he, like I said, he's a former, actually, excuse me, I think I said a former, I actually have it both in my notes, so that's on me for butchering that up, but I believe he is a former four-star receiver. I added both in here at the moment um, in my notes, but either way, um, good. He's, he's good in the red zone too. It's like I said, that's where, if you're a strong route runner and you can create that little bit of separation, that's a nice asset to have in the red zone. And he does have some good hands too. He's made a couple of one-handed grabs throughout his career. So overall, this is still, I think it's a really good get for this Utah football team. And you guys may look at it and go, well, this is his third team in three years. Yes, it is. There are a lot of players in college football currently that we could say that about a lot of guys under the transfer portal just doesn't work out in their desired situations. And look, it doesn't sound like Michael, uh, excuse me, Micah Pittman was going to have the type of season he wanted to with Florida state, whether it was where he was at in the depth chart, just how he's feeling. He decided to enter the portal. So these are the kind of guys I like taking a chance on when you talk about the transfer portal, a guy who came in with a lot of talent coming out of high school and just hasn't been able to put it all together, whether that's some of that on his own, some of that could be coaching. We don't know. We haven't been in those rooms, haven't been by those situations, but I know this is a really good opportunity for him to come in. I mean, this is a guy. So let's look at it now where he would rank on Utah's receiver depth chart. Devon Vele is the unquestioned number one receiver because he is recovering from this injury. And he has a grad transfer too. I do think that, unfortunately, but he does have Dextra. He, he has this year and one more if he wants to use it because of all the COVID stuff and everything. So how does it all work and how the depth chart plays out? He's not going to be the number one receiver on this team. By the time he gets back from his injury, like we said, hopefully he's able to get going in August if we're lucky, maybe September working his way in. I think there's a slim chance at some point in the season, more towards the latter, he could end the year as the number two receiver. And I do think there's a chance he could pass on Money Parks. But I don't like betting on that. So I feel like at best throughout the season, he's probably going to be the three receiver. This is a hard offense to learn. And yes, he'll have some time to learn it in the summer. But we've seen how long it's taken even guys like Money Parks and Devon Bailey to be able to master it. So I just think it's going to be tough. But either way, this is not, I think he could easily be the third receiver, could be a reliable fourth receiver at the worst, maybe offer an explosive punt returner. So um, there was actually in the post that Micah Pittman put out about announcing to his uh, commitment to Utah, he t- said life's a gamble. And which is true. Like he's, and he's trusting like himself. He said, he's going to push all his chips in uh, something like that. I, I don't feel like this is a gamble for, for Utah. I think this is a player with a ton of upside. And if it doesn't work out once again, I just don't, I think there is a sense that this Utah team has a dire need at receiver. I personally don't feel that way because you have other pass catching options that I trust. If Utah did not have Brant Keithy coming back, I would be much more concerned. And yes, he is coming back from injury, but you have Brent Keithy coming back. You have Devon Vele coming back. You have Thomas Yasmin coming back. You have Money Parks coming back. And yes, it is good to add depth and have other players in the room to be able to contribute. But there are other guys. Emory Simmons is going to be coming in. We saw Makai Cope off and on what he's been able to do. And of course, Mikey Matthews lit it up in spring ball. So I still feel good about the state of this Utah receiver room, even if it doesn't all work out because this Utah football team is still what a run first offense. And then off of that, what do they do? Well, the last two years they've been defined by their tight ends and Utah should have the best tight end dynamic duo in college football. So outside of that, oh, you get Devon Vele, who's an elite receiver. And then what's after that money parks who really flashed late in the season and made some game changing plays for this Utah team, two of his biggest of the season, both against USC too. So once again, I feel really good about this situation. I love bringing in a guy like Pittman. I think he's got a lot of potential to be great in this offense and make some huge plays. And I do think he will make some big plays for this team, but I think at best he'll finish as the third or fourth leading receiver overall. I just don't see how he has more receiving yards than Brant Keithy and Devon Vele because he is recovering 
coming from that injury. And I know Keithy will be as well, but look, Keithy's obviously a lot more accomplished in college. I mean, we've seen Keithy tear it up with Tyler Huntley and Cam Rising now. So we know what Brent Keithy can do. And look, whether one reason or another, as we said, we have not seen Micah Pittman put together a complete season overall where he is once again, his high in the game is 85 yards and that was kind of the one where it really stuck out i think he's a good player and i think he could do some things and i think it could really take off and really click this year but i don't think he's going to be a game changer in this utah offense basically overall but i do really like the signing i think it'll work well and the last thing i'll mention i had on my notes like can he build trust with cam quickly and i think the answer to that is yes because when you're thrown into the fire and things are going crazy you know you're getting pressure breaking in you're just trying to find the guys who are open you're just going through your reads i think Pittman's a guy who can create separation so therefore cam's going to be going through his reads going to find that he's open and boop find him and also i talked about that ability to come back to the ball I think it's something he does very well too. So as we talked about earlier, so I do think that that's going to be a nice asset to them building their chemistry very quickly is just his ability to come back to the ball. So I'm very excited about this addition. I think it's a nice move. Once again, this is a low risk to me, high reward signing, and I'm excited to see how it all works out. And it'll be interesting to see what other moves that Utah is going to make in the portal. But they did make some other news signing some recruits, some of the guys who will be coming in for the first time too this 2023 Utah football team that will get their first look at them in fall camp. And we're going to touch on them in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Guys, the NBA playoffs have been absolute nuts. I don't know about you, but I spent my Sunday watching the 76ers and the Celtics game and then the Nets and or excuse me, the Nets, geez, I'm looking at Kevin Durant's old team, the Suns taking on the Nuggets then. Both games were exceptional, high level, and I ex- don't expect that to change Monday night. Warriors, Lakers, feels like the Warriors have got to have it, so I'd be looking at Steph Curry. I think he could be in for a monster performance. Is Anthony Davis finally going to have a bounce-back game? I feel like he very well will with everything in the way, or excuse me, not a bounce-back game, but good back-to-back games. This has been the big thing everyone's been harping on him about. I feel like he's going to be able to do that. You guys can head over and check out those odds at FanDuel. And also, just look and see if you think the Heat are going to continue to just dominate the Knicks. If the Knicks can get back into this one, they didn't look great that one. So there are a ton of great games and odds for you to bet on at FanDuel. We can get great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app, and you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on all the all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's talk recruiting, shall we? So the Utes are bringing in their best recruiting class they've ever had. We know how accomplished it is, a top 25 class, so many great things about it and that they were able to do. But there's this Utah football team these past few years during all the success has been defined by some of the under-the-radar signings they've had. Yes, it's great to get these four and five stars in, and or excuse me, just four stars in, but they've worked out very well, right? The Clark Phillips played a huge role in this team. Lander Barton helped them win back-to-back Pac-12 champs, but why was Utah in that position? It's because of the under-the-radar guys, the Don Kincaid's, the Brant Keithy's, the Devin Lloyd's they brought in that were not heralded recruits that not many people knew about that then turned into something great and helped this Utah football team accomplish things that they hadn't before. Winning a Pac-12 championship, appearing in a Rose Bowl, wouldn't have been possible without the contributions of those guys I just mentioned. So now let's talk about some of the other guys that Utah has just brought in, some of these recent signings that Utah's had. Once again, under-the-radar guys, these players announced their commitments that didn't send the fan base into a frenzy. But I think when their Utah career is done, we could be looking at back at and be like, wow, the, those guys really played a huge role. Once again, these are guys with a chance to make an impact as early as this season or more than likely down the road. So the first guy I want to talk about is Vili. 
Tafa tu, tu, Tufa, and I'm or Tafa To Tufa, and I'm so sorry if I mispronounced his name. I tried to type it out correctly and listen to a pronunciation guide. But either way, so he's a sixth. So when you talk about Vili, he's a 6'3", 245 defensive end out of the New Mexico Military Institute. He was a junior in the Southwest Junior College Football Conference, originally classified as a 2024. And our friends at UZone put together this article. Um, this was courtesy of Steve Bartle's piece on it. This will be actually his uh, last year was his very first year of organized football this past season. So that is huge. So he spent one year there. Then obviously have the opportunity to kind of move up a level. So he wants to take it and he's looking to do it at Utah. So we'll come into Utah with three years of eligibility left. He had 15 sacks last year. This is a guy who's really athletic, offers speed and quickness around the edge. And I really like his reactions in those option plays. He does a really good job of, Hey, the quarterback keeps it. He can quickly move to the outside and take the quarterback down. It, he gives it to the running back. He's quick to collapse and close on running back. So that's another thing I really like about his game. He can take advantage of offensive linemen who overset too. If they take too big of a step to the outside, that creates that inside gap between the tackle and the guard. He can shoot right through that with a quick first step. Does a good job playing with low leverage, fires off the ball low too, and stays there. I like his quickness off the snap. I think that's something that Coach Powell can kind of work with him and continue to develop too and get a really good quick first step at the Pac-12 level too. He's got a good motor. That's one of the biggest things when you're looking about like, can this guy be a great player does he play hard every single snap and i absolutely see that in villa he's a guy who look the ball may be five yards downfield 10 yards downfield while he's engaged he'll throw his guy out of the way and hustle there because you never know the running back may get caught trying to dance or something like that then you can come in from behind wallop him take him down and potentially create a turnover which i think is huge he's also a strong tackler as i discussed really doesn't miss running backs when given the opportunity in the backfield and has that versatility too i think he can win from the outside but if you want to put him inside and let him use his quickness to beat some of those offensive guards and use his hands as well I think he's got a great job doing that too. Also a strong rip move off the edge. So I, I really like Tafatoa. If I had to bet on one of these three guys to be something great with this Utah football team or just a really good player, I think it's him. And I think his upside is immense. I don't know if he will do a ton for the Utah football team in 2023. He'll have a chance to, but we've already talked about John Ellis, Connor O'Toole, Chase Kennedy is another guy too. Logan Fano. It's a loaded defensive end room. I, I don't know how much we'll see. Vili Tafatoa. Tafa Totufa overall, but I do think he's a guy down the road that could be some. And in some of these blowouts, like the Weber game that Utah's going to have this season, I think he could step in there and do some nice things. So I'm excited to see how he's going to grow and develop. Next guy I want to talk about is Nephi is Nifa Tonga, a snow college transfer in for this team, 6'3", 250 with two years of eligibility left overall. And once again, per, apologize if I mispronounced his name, but when you talk about Tonga, this is another really good athlete. He's a guy who can play on special teams, which might give him the opportunity to contribute early considering he's only got those two years of eligibility. I think he's a guy who'd be willing to go in on punt team, try to block a punt, could be reliable on punt return to be kind of that last line of defense before you get to Bo Meester. He's another guy quickly reacts to those option plays, uh, good speed and the burst off the edge. I think he's got good bend too. That's the one thing I really like with Tonga. I like the bend around that athleticism. I talked about those long arms you can use to bat down passes to and just those long arms you can use to get a hand on the quarterback and kind of drag them down. If you can't completely break into the pocket or of course, also knock those balls away. I think he does a good job getting outside of offensive linemen, does a good job getting into their chest too to kind of drive them back with a bull rush if he wants or being able to knock their hands away so he can win. 
You can rush from a two or three point stance. I think that versatility is key and important. And he's another guy like Tafa Tofa, I think could line up on the inside if needed to. So once again, six, three, two fifty. I think is more of a DN, but could play some D tackle too. If this team on third and longs, if you wanted to rush from the interior, I shouldn't, I sh- it's not even D tackle really. It's just an extra interior rusher rush from the inside is what I should say. So I, I like what Tonga could bring to this team. Then the last guy we'll have to talk about is Austin LaRue, 6'2", 265, defensive lineman out of Houston, Texas, who wrapped up his senior campaign with 62 tackles, 7 sacks, and 10 tackles for loss. This is a guy who I think he's – This is I'm curious to see. I'm going to say this because he's 6'2", 265, as I mentioned, but – I'm curious to see. He's the kind of guy I could see them potentially moving the offensive line. Maybe they'll want to keep him at defensive line as he's just going to need to continue to bulk up. He doesn't have the speed and quickness of the other two guys we just talked about in Billy and Nephi to me. I, once again, I can easily be proven wrong, but just that's what I saw on tape. So LaRue doesn't have the speed and quickness of those guys. So I don't think he's going to be able to play on the edge. And I think he's more of an interior guy. Maybe you want him in on those third and long pass rushes in the future. But he's definitely a developmental prospect, a guy that, you know, hopefully you can like kind of mold and help him build into a college body that he's ready to play at the Pac-12 level. But I think it's a good move for LaRue to come to Utah because just watching this high school tape, especially for him being kind of that just a defensive lineman who could play inside and out. I like that at this high school level, he was able to have that versatility and play inside and out. He is quick off the snap. I think he has a good football IQ, does a good job throwing his hands up, uses his hands incredibly well too, just to kind of knock offensive linemen's hands down break into the pocket he is a good athlete he moves very well laterally guys could have their hands on him but he's able to flow to the ball does a good job there he can stand up offensive linemen and take on double teams too he's got pow- powerful legs too doesn't allow himself to really get pushed back it's a good job gaining leverage strong tackler too in the backfield when he breaks in he doesn't let those quicker running backs squeeze past him so this is a guy if he pays big big dividends it's going to be down the road to me rather than early on but we'll, we'll kind of tuck this one away austin larue kind of two to three years down the road we'll see if larue is contributing all to this team once again brant keithy is a guy came from a small town in texas if i remember correctly and i know it's a small town in texas i just don't or a town in texas i just don't remember if it was small or not but either way not a lot of people were talking about Brent Keithy. We saw what he could, could become. I think Vili, Tonga, and Austin LaRue, all these guys have a chance to do some special things for this Utah football team long term. We now it's great that Utah football is in this position where we're really only looking at kind of the early commitment window. And the second one, Utah only signed one or two guys. But these are the guys, these kind of late guys, the junior college guys can get really lost in, in the sauce for lack of a better word right now at the top of my head they can get forgotten about but they are very important to building your overall team it can be huge pieces too of depth getting those junior colleges a great chance for guys to develop kind of learn the game and as we mentioned especially with Vili, um he's a guy once again only just his first year of organized football was this past season so pair him with the coaches and None of these guys would be disappointed if they don't do a lot in their first year because these are all longer-term signings. And as I said, in the case of uh, Nifa Tonga, I think he is more of a special teams contributor maybe this year and then next year is kind of doing a little bit more along the defensive line. So either way, I think these are three really valuable pickups. And don't forget about these guys too. Once again, the, the smaller guys because smaller guys in terms of not as many stars and not as many headlines when they sign with their team because they can still be a huge part of the reason. And these these type of players are the reason that Utah is two-time Pac-12 champs and they're beating out programs like a Oregon, a USC, and Washington, the UCLA's, who normally have higher recruiting classes than Utah. So I think these are all good moves and I'm excited to see what Coach Powell and the rest of the Utah defensive 
coaching staff is able to do when they get their hands on these special dudes and talents. All righty, before we get out of here, I want to talk a little bit about what Utah lacrosse just did. This comes to us courtesy of the Utah of the University of Utah Athletics website. Jordy Lindley wrote this up for their recap. The University of Utah program punched its ticket to the 2023 NCAA Division I Men's Lacrosse Championship, earning its first ever berth in the tournament after winning the ASUN Championship. So Utah is going to play Notre Dame in South Bend. It's the first round, and it's on Saturday, May 3rd. 13th that's next week on espn plus but utah won the ASIN championship today with a 11 to 9 victory over air force on the heels of its second straight regular season title this is a utah lacrosse program that was started in 2019 and now under coach andrew mcminn in his second season they've gone back to back now as a sun champs and find themselves in the position for their first ncaa tournament earth this is great this is the type of growth you love to see you know whenever a coach is hired or brought in we always say it's going to take him three to four years to really get things rolling whenever you're trying to start and build a program a lot of time it takes longer than that but it's a credit to the job coach mcminn has done recruiting the talent he's brought in and just the ability of the guys to play too i mean this is a utah team that is 14 and 0 all time in regular season conference games after going 5 and 0 in 2022. Utah's 12 victories this season is now the most in school history with the Utes 11 straight wins, also counting as a school record. Through 16 games this season, Utah ranks second nationally in assists per game, 9.227. Points per game with 26.33 and scoring offense with 17.07 and ranking third in ground balls per game. So the Utes led the ace on this year in assists, ground balls, points, goals, and turnovers per game, also leading in clearing percentage and scoring margin. And what's the mark of a great team too? How you can get everyone involved and multiple players contribute and you don't have to rely on the greatness of one person. Lacrosse is a team sport, so what do you need? You need multiple guys to step up. It's no different than a football where if just Cam Rising's having a good game like the Rose Bowl, it's not going to work out. Like basketball with Brandon Carlson had a role in the season, the rest of the guys, Utah's not going to be able to win. Lacrosse is no different. And Utah was the only team in Division One lacrosse that had six different players that scored over 20 goals. So once again, a phenomenal hats off to this Utah lacrosse program, the way they've been steadily on the rise this past few seasons and an awesome opportunity for them to earn their first ever NCA division one men's lacrosse tournament berth today. So I'm really excited to see what it's going to, what they're going to be able to do with the next step. And it's something fun that, you know, the Utah lacrosse community is one that's kind of been slowly building for a little bit now. And it's going to be exciting to see what this group can do just more postseason life and make sure you guys check that out. Once again, it's Saturday, May 13th at 1230 PM mountain time on ESPNU to see if the Utes can get a win against the three seated Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. So that's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes. Hashtag, or hashtag, geez, shout out to the Utah football program for being able to add some talented players recently and the Utah lacrosse program. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more Utah football news on Locked On Utes.